everyone. This is Rachel Renner, the voice behind Tana, your favorite highly combustible tiefling, best-selling fantasy author, and your hostess for today's round table. Even though our table isn't technically round, it's kind of rectangular, and technically it's not really a table, but I digress. <laughs> it has the word table in its name. It's a ping pong table. Right. We're good. We're good. It's, it's rectangular. <laughs> I am so excited to bring you our first ever exclusive patron only unedited cannot stress this enough you will hear every throat clear bad word thump dump and grump uh, that you can think of i really hope there's no dumps <laughs> me too maybe they're a member of the audience that would like that but they're probably in the minority and this shit show of an interview series is aptly entitled short rest here, I'll be sitting down with the ODAF gang after the end of each major story arc, asking a series of questions. Some are from me. Uh, the rest were sent in by our hero level and higher patrons. So if you want to be in on this in the third arc, come join the party. It's a lot of fun. Uh, by the way, guys, our greater god of chaos appropriately has asked that we take a shot every time the word chaos is spoken. What are your thoughts on that? I'm going to get... Go ahead, Joe. <laughs> I have to DM an episode after this, so uh, I'm going to go with no. And, and because... Joey has to DM an episode with the rest of us. <laughs> yeah. He'd probably prefer that we were not taking shots before said episode. So I'm sorry, Ricky, but I think I have to be the adult at the table and ruin everyone's fun. As always, right, Joey? Yeah, yeah. You know, we've already got beer, and uh, I think it's going to be good. I think it's going to be good. Also, some hard drugs. Just kidding. Uh, I know it's been a hot minute since we first aired parts one and two, so as a quick recap, part one brought us to the Path of Malice where five dead strangers were awoken by an orc with major daddy issues. After chasing down a bunch of ghost mailmen, our hapless party finally made it to Corum, where they delivered all of the messages to the great Khan and accidentally started a war in the process. The arc ended with the party getting their bodies back and passing through Lagal, the veil that separates the living from the dead. Everybody got that? We good? Mm -hmm. yeah. okay. I don't know yeah. if that was such an accident. It was sort of accidentally <laughs> on purpose. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, we knew what we were doing. We just didn't know what the consequences would really be. Shame all right, Finian. <laughs> We've got some really good questions, you guys. So I'm going to dive right in. Um, I'm starting things off with a controversial query from Linda, Odaf's greater goddess of healing. Ooh. Aaron, this question is for Finian. I'm sorry, it still makes me laugh. If your group was starving and had no access to food, would you sacrifice Dergus for the greater good or, or let everybody cannibalize each other? The hard-hitting question. Wow. <laughs> so right off the I mean, swing. I mean, pigs are friends, not food. Mm -hmm. So cannibalism? Cannibalism. But at this point, I can now, well, Finian, sorry, can cast create food and water so i think he would probably just do that no the question is specifically eat dergus or cannibalism cannibalism definitely okay. cannibalism so, so friends are food <laughs> <laughs> who, who do you think we would eat first um i don't know which one of us has the largest body mass and <laughs> is physically the weakest so we could restrain he would probably her. taste like frog legs. Oh, with like butter mm, and garlic? Yeah, so. True, but there's probably no meat on there. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Huh. And if there was butter, I think we'd be eating that first. So we're just going to say, it'd just be straight up, you know, raw heen. On the subject of Dergus, Ali, our goddess of hope, wants to ask Dergus directly who his <laughs> least favorite party member is and why. I have a guess, but I'm curious to see what Dergus has to say. <laughs> could you but okay could you translate for us Finian's not here right now <laughs> Aaron <laughs> uh, if Dergus was able to understand the spoken language of the party which is quite possible mm -hmm. I think he would find JR the most unappealing <laughs> <laughs> Due to the number of comments JR has made about eating Dergus. So yeah. I go with that. That was my that was my guess. Pretty um, straight up. Hey. Do you have any rebuttal to this? He shouldn't Greg. look so delicious. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. I, I think he probably just looks cute. I don't know if pigs look delicious per se. 
You ever seen a pig? Yeah. Especially a young, cute pig. Huh? They look yummy to you. Maybe they look yummy to J- yummy to Jr. Hey, I don't know. Probably he sees what's inside the pig. Not <laughs> just judge the pig by his skin. Oh my goodness! Okay. I bet they're secret friends, and when Finney is asleep, they have like little reveries. Yeah, little like board games. It's adorable. It's oh, really adorable. cute. This question yeah, got cute. I didn't expect it to be. Um, okay, uh, our greater goddess of healing has a question for the entire cast. Um, so I'm going to do this like round table style. Uh, when your characters died, did they have any significant others or children? Uh, I'm going to give everybody like 30 to 60 seconds to answer this. Anyone want to go first? I think if we just swing around. Yeah, Nolan, around. yeah. Did you? I, I meant like swing around and close the close the gate. Like we start, <laughs> <laughs> you're starting at the middle of the gate. Oh, the ma- no! I asked the questions. I don't Tana answer first. the questions. We all know. So Tana was single. Was she single at the moment? I have to think about that. And no, no, she did not have any kids. She had a a, a younger brother like figure that she looked after, but no, no children, no SOS. What about you, Finian? Uh, Finian walks alone <laughs> because nobody else will walk with him. He kind of smells <laughs> like fungus. Right. Yeah. He's also kind of young. I mean, yeah. in elf years, well, in human, whatever, <laughs> he'd be about mm, 18 or 19. Yeah. And he's been too preoccupied with, uh, you know, yeah. studying. Studying, in yeah. quotes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, which reminds exactly. me of our other, like, college frat boy over here, Greg. Did uh did JR have many girlfriends before this? Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess before he died he had an on and off again girlfriend who you we may have may not have heard in one of his memories. Ooh. Ooh, what species? <laughs> Human? Oh, okay. <laughs> Though wow. he has an ASMR he has had his eyes on. Yeah, for a while. That's what I thought oh. he's got anything for an ASMR. Is it Robbie? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Is it Robbie? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, wow. Rachel. I've been hinting at this, but I want you to read the exact verbiage of the question again because uh, oh. I don't want to tip too much if I don't have to. Oh, are you being tricksy? Okay. Um, when your characters died, did any have a significant other or children? Oh, that's easy. No. Didn't you have a wife? No. He died without a wife. Oh, uh, there's oh. some backstory. <laughs> he might have had one, but... The implication being in your life before your death, mister. All right, fine. Uh, <laughs> man, how much do I want to say at this point? Because that was slowly what was building up. I just thought Sean was your SO. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he might as well be. Right. You don't have to give away any spoilers for your character. This is technically about arc one and two, so I do give you permission once or twice. Okay, I'll I'll just refresh you guys what you know then, or what you may have known based on the information I've given. So, yeah, Rachel's right. Heen had a wife. Um, She was an elf, Mm -hmm. and uh, we've seen her actually just in some of the more recent memories. Um, She's popped up a couple times, but you don't know her name. You don't know how they fell in love or anything like that. So yeah. I'm just going to leave that for part three. Hey, fair enough. I'm yeah. going to assume that a gith and an elf also had no children. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's completely <laughs> fair. Joey oh. and I did discuss whether or not there was like interbreeding that could happen, but because we don't have half races in mm-hmm. this universe, that no, right. it doesn't work. Oh, so uh, that's official. We do not have half that's races. Right. That's okay. right. Okay, all right. Good I to have know. a question about half races in D&D. Are they okay. sterile? <laughs> so you don't get a quarter or well, I mean like a liger is sterile uh, um, is a mule is sterile interesting like most oh. hybrids are not capable of reproducing canonically I don't think they're sterile yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, can I answer this question for Deadbeat Dick? Yeah. He was kind of my character yeah. that died yeah, in a way. Yeah. Uh, as established throughout the, the story, he, in fact, had a wife and three daughters who he was oh. hoping to return to. Do you know the names of those daughters? I do. No, really? Uh, and his wife, who uh, was named by our patrons, Deadpan Dead. Diane. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You're, you're world building, Joey. Oh my gosh. It is so rich. The uh, details that you. you know that we will probably never know. Uh, yeah. It's an yeah. iceberg. Uh, <laughs> Nolan, what about Mo? 
Well, uh, well, we went from all these like happy, fun ones to well, Mo, the family disappointment. So oh. he, I mean, like he really didn't date because you're in such a it was such a poor environment. All the marriages were basically strategic, and oh. he couldn't do anything right. So they weren't necessarily advertising that they had oh. an available son. And I think it's probably for the best Mo doesn't have kids. <laughs> How old was Mo when he went to the monastery? Uh, he was about 18 because he spent a few years there. So, How old is Mo during the period of the campaign? He's a uh, mid-20s, 24, 25. Okay, so hmm. it's been a few years. since. That's about yeah. how I pictured him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, okay, this next question is for Sarek from me. Uh, your character, Heen, is complex inside and out. Uh, from his character class, complicated abilities, uh, compliments of Kibble's Tasty, um, to his checkered backstory. So my question is, what made you decide to roll <laughs> with a Scion gif? Um, what was it about the class and the subclass that attracted you most? Oh, okay. Uh, I guess we'll start with the Scion class. I love the utility caster. I love the yeah. person who's able to have a very specific tool set that can be used in a lot of different ways. And so I've always found like sorcerer and wizard kind of constraining because hmm. you're really good. You have a couple really powerful spells, but they're always some damage focus. They're always some blast or like targeted thing. With the Scion, how you use the uh, abilities is really completely up to you. Like Joey and I were having a discussion while we were doing the uh, dragon fight. And I'm reading through the rules, and we're like, can he just summon ballistas? And we're reading through the rules, and we're like, yeah, and it would make sense. And so suddenly now a utility caster has a lot of ability, but can also interact with other players with those abilities. So I think that's – Scion's handedly been my favorite class and continues to be. Um, it's and a especially cool projection. Class. I, yeah. I think because I'm the only Scion we really see regularly um, – we forget it's not just the projection class. There's all sorts of other ones that we've seen with the Seekers. I think the telepathic ability is one of the most interesting oh, it's characteristics so cool. of, the, of the race and the class. So that's actually, that is one of the ones that like in an RP sense is a lot of fun. And I do like leaning into that. But with a podcast, it gets a little complicated because you don't want to make it just telephone. Like, oh, I just ping Mo, <laughs> right. I ping, you know, Tana yeah, and just yeah. back and forth. So I've kind of under I've kind of played that down a lot, but as we're going through the podcast and as we get more familiar with each other, I think it's making it more interesting bringing that out more. But yeah, good point. Uh, Aaron. I also love Greg's edit for how telepathy <clears throat> oh, sounds. Sounds, oh, sounds yeah. so cool. Yeah. Um, is anyone else dying to answer that question about their class in particular? If not, I've got a lot more questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No? Okay. Uh, not really. Um, <laughs> I just like monks. What can I say? They're really cool. I like that Mo, or I'm I sorry, it. I like that Nolan can appreciate monks enough to play a monk poorly. Not that he's <laughs> yeah. playing the monk class poorly, but he's building a monk that is bad at his job. Oh, it's That's so much fun to me. Anytime I design characters, it's never, to me, the stats don't matter. I, I want to build the character. Like uh, in one of our previous campaigns with Joey, uh, I just built a character around tragedy and I just, I make their stats reflect that because i don't know D gets kind of boring to me when it's i'm a fighter with plus five strength hmm. and then it's oh i'm also a paladin with plus five strength yeah <laughs> so i yeah. just i think it doesn't really reflect the characters always well and i think for you in particular your character it like talk about charisma you know and to make it so character based and not numbers based i really think that shines with with Mo, so kudos to you. Can I it's also in to, a, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say, can I come back to the, the cool thing about your character too, is like you talked about not having like an SO, you didn't date, and I think, you know, you're gonna have a character that's gonna be a real gentleman, I think, by the time this <laughs> this char this campaign is over, <laughs> we'll see where you can Mo go can home and you know, bring a nice girl home. And, <laughs> <laughs> you can bring a nice girl home, or boy, depending on Mo's proclivities, but, uh, you know, to meet mom and dad. Uh, it all depends if uh, he doesn't stop getting himself killed. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. He is a ghost at the moment. That's true. That's then true. I, I picked mine because the dragon sub theme was pretty cool. Oh, it's so cool. And I think that's the only reason I picked it. We have more <laughs> questions about that later, which I'm excited to ask. I think that is like the coolest subclass. Anyway, okay. okay. Uh, Joseph, this question's for you. 
Um, as our listeners will recall, the objective of part one was to deliver a message to the great con so the party could get their bodies back. Now, it took a while. Um, there was a lot of mayhem along the way, but they they finally got their bodies back, right? I mean, so... Miraculously. Right? So our greater god of chaos would like to know, what would have happened if Tana had decided to only give the one thought strand message to the great con instead of all three? Um, and how would it have impacted um, the second part of that arc? So if the great con only got the message from Prince Morath, mm-hmm. the war probably still would have happened. Okay. However, uh, one of the messages was from Morath's father, Mm -hmm. which caused some complications that we'll get to. Um, The other one was about stolen dragon eggs. If that message was not delivered, that problem would be a lot bigger than it is now. So Tana actually did some good accidentally um, by by handing off that message. Do you remember? I actually rolled the dice on that one. I was like, okay, if it's odd, I do this. If it's even, I love doing that with Tana. (laughs) Uh, And speaking of Tana, our greater goddess of healing had a question about character growth. Um, She said, Tana was a pretty angry and distrustful person at the start of her journey. Um, How has she changed since joining the group? Um... And I guess I would just say that Tana has really learned to trust and relax and let some of her walls down. Um, I think it's really tiresome, both physically and mentally, to have like so many things that you're hiding from people, whether it's hiding your past or your vulnerabilities, because that's what you have to do in Orem, right? Like if you show you're vulnerable, you're, you're gone. Um, and also not to mention this this weird power that is capable of mass destruction and has been um, exploited in the past by by bad people. So I think hanging out with this group and just kind of learning that she doesn't have to continually hide all that has let her keep her walls down enough where she's not like wound like a spring all the time. So, yeah. So thank you, Linda, for that question. Um, speaking of bad people, this is a question that I had uh, for Joey and Greg. Um, Are you calling us bad people? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Nice transition, Rachel. No, I want to talk about Soul Render. Oh, yeah. Um, the evil sentient weapon that eventually possessed and enslaved JR. So, Joey, the first part of this question is actually for you. How did that sword even come to be? Okay, so you guys never finished the message from King Sogrim. Now, and just to remind our listeners, this was when we had the bar brawl with yes. the mailman, the ghost so, mailman, right? We found this sword sitting on the ground. So the sword was accompanying their thought strands that mm-hmm. the they were already delivering. Mm-hmm. And one of those thought strands, as discussed, was from King Sogrim of Belior. And you guys started listening to it and then never finished it. You <laughs> is just, that, that is, is true. That true? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we got bored. <laughs> you, you skipped the part where King Sogrim was offering the great con this sword as offering to join the war to like entice him and so that was where I assumed the sword would be going (laughs) so then not only did you not hear that part JR was like yeah I'll just take the sword Uh, and then it spiraled way out of my control finders keepers that kind of answers my next question because I kind of thought that this was planned. So my next question for both of you was, did you know right away what would happen or did the details develop over time? So then I guess the alternate question to that is, what the hell happened? Like, <laughs> what happened with Soul Render? And did you guys kind of discuss that or just let it like organically unfold? Um, just a moment. I think it's important to point out that if Finian had been reading those messages, he would have finished them. <laughs> fair. That's fair. Sorry, what was <laughs> So what was our plan? Uh, like, did, did you so, always know that he was going to go down the proverbial rabbit hole? I knew from playing D&D that if something auto-bonds to you, it's cursed. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I knew it was a cursed sword to begin with. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. And then uh, I think we had some talked about some yeah, stuff a little bit. I think, so after that episode, we talked and we were like, okay, this this could be interesting. Let's just see where it goes. I, I love that. Um, yeah. So... Ricky, our greater god of chaos, he also wanted to know, what did JR do to pass the time while being stuck in Soul Render? 
Ooh, that's a tough one. I mean, he was just on a little teeny tiny boat <laughs> in the middle of an ocean for, I think, what did I say, 15 years or so. I Did it, it was literally? It was a long time, I and think. And it literally passed that slow yep. for Jared. God, he should be a lot more fucked up than he is, yeah, I feel like. should be psychologically <laughs> unhinged. Maybe you just haven't seen it yet. <laughs> what a, oh, that's scary. <laughs> um, what would have happened, you think, if no one had grabbed onto the cursed sword? So, yeah, actually, Joey, you already answered that question. Question, which is it would have made it right to you, where it was supposed to go you potentially would have delivered it to its recipient god that would have made the war gnarly yeah i was setting up a boss for later uh, <laughs> that we ruined that, yeah well that's dnt <laughs> um okay all right and then let me see this is actually for nolan um what do you think would have happened if mo hadn't freed jr from soul render's clutches Oh, that's really tough. Uh, so one of the one of the toughest things playing an intentionally like not intelligent character is I'm re- I the player am really good at guessing Joey's uh, like frustratingly yeah. yeah his like schemes, but Mo isn't. So <laughs> I knew the minute like for example in the in the Halloween episode when we were in the haunted house. The minute I saw that doll, yeah. I Nolan knew that was Jr. I immediately knew that was Jr. I remember you and I actually looked at each other and we were like, <gasps> and, and I was yeah. like, "Damn it, Mo doesn't know." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I honestly don't know. Uh, I don't. I, I don't know what Mo would have done. Uh, I'm kind of lucky it went down the way it did. I mean, Tana and Jr. They they almost killed each other. I mean, like, it was getting Actually bad. killed no, each they, other. Literally, yeah. it got so bad in there. But then even afterwards, like, tensions were so high that, like, I personally think it would have gotten really bad. One or oh, more yeah. of us would have died probably by Soul Render's hands. Yeah, I agree. Because, uh, I mean, there were several times Mo was getting in the way of JR because he still thought he was JR. Yeah. Uh, there was a battle where Mo, like, jumped in front of JR and he stabbed him, if you remember that. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think Mo would have just... Ended up getting a third tally on the death streak because <laughs> he just would have believed it was JR. Yeah, I, I can't disagree. I can't disagree. Okay, I have I have one more question. This is actually for me to wrap up the Soul Render discussion. Um, Greg, mm-hmm. if Soul Render had a dating profile, <laughs> what, a what would it say? Oh, you love... Hmm. Stabbeth thy foe. Yeah. <laughs> Stabbeth thy heart with me and join an adventure. <laughs> I like to travel, <laughs> not swim. Uh, meet new people. Uh, meet new people. people. <laughs> Turn off possessive dates. <laughs> oh my God. I love it. I love it. That's brilliant. Um, okay. If you get any more ideas later, I want to hear those because I actually want to make a soul render dating profile at some point. <laughs> I hope nobody matches. <laughs> Stabbeth thy hoe. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 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 Um, <clears throat> wow. Okay. I'm going to take this next question. Total 180. Um, Sarek, I want to talk about Heen's mutton chops. <laughs> Do all... Is this in the context of a dating profile? No, although it could be. Feel free to answer in that respect. Do all gifts have them, or is Heen just extra fancy? That's a good question. Um, all my questions are good questions. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, exactly, right. No, I really just is Heen. A lot of the gif can't really grow hair. Yeah. on their head, if I recall. I think that's what Joey and I kind of discussed. But we said, you know, so that way they have some personalization. They should be able to use facial hair um, extensively. And so, yeah, the mutton chops don't come up too often. And I think I even missed, like, describing those at the very first episode, yeah. too. And I was face palming when I listened to it again. <laughs> and went, oh, right, I forgot to describe, you know, a big part. I think we've all had that moment, like, seriously. Yeah. Every episode. Yeah, every time. <laughs> so I... It's really just, I guess, his form of self-expression at this point, and he's had it for so long that it isn't really about what he is. Any, like, it's not an expression of who he is now. It's yeah. just a continuation of persona. Interesting. Okay. So I can't even. Oh, sorry. Oh no, I was just gonna say I can kind of see him like in front of a mirror, like combing them and greasing <laughs> them and stuff. You know, with swamp muck. So, Although, yeah. no, I guess that's, I guess that's not true. He doesn't really like swamp muck, does he? He's actually pretty 
Yeah, like you, muck is good, but it has to be like that natural mineral water muck, not this uh, swamp <laughs> rot type of muck. It just occurred to me when we were talking about that. It seems like something that he, you know, now that he's not a, uh, you know, cyborg terminator of <laughs> magic users, uh, it seems like maybe he would change something about himself, but I guess he's really attached to those um, mutton chops. chops. <laughs> Sorry. I mean... That's a fair point and something I didn't I hadn't really thought about for that. Um, Heen had a lot of different moments in his life, so just the t- cyborg Terminator part was just such a major part of it that, um, it, you know, now that I think about it, he didn't actually have mutton chops back then, so he did, in fact, change. It was oh, after he started working really? with some dwarves and becoming a carpenter and a mason that... Because uh, they have a lot of facial kind of, hair, so he's yeah, like trying to fit in a little bit better. Yeah, and now that I think about it, the uh, memory where he's actually terminating somebody, we start to get a little bit of that um, Heen's reconstructive memory showing through. Because I remember I described his mutton chop getting singed, but he didn't have them back then. Oh, interesting. Huh. I love it. Okay. Neat. I never knew we could talk about chops so much. And it's so interesting. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, and it's not about pigs this time. I was going to say, no. we're talking about chops. <laughs> Okay, my next question is for Nolan. Um, the second arc was really focused around Mo and yeah. his journey from what I describe as swindled pyramid scheme victim <laughs> to a true like aspiring monk at the very least. Um, so Vic, our god of victory, has a question. I guess it would be for maybe you and Joey. Um, that scene where you went to talk to your family but you didn't actually talk to them was really, really heartbreaking. Like We were all kind of sitting here like, it, it was really sad. So his question is, what would have happened if Mo had actually talked to his family, you think? Ooh, that's that's a heavy question. I think his family would have been really happy to yeah. see him. That I think makes it so much worse, I Joey. Think Mo <laughs> internalized that he was useless and that's how they saw him. Mm. But I think his family loved him and still loves him. Yeah. I, I don't think he's I don't think he's never coming back. I just don't don't think he's ready. I think you guys told such a good story when you did that because that came through. It really did come through that that was just Mo internalizing this negativity for himself and that he would have been embraced by his family, which made it. Well, I I had fully intended. I, I assumed he would talk to his family. Oh wow! When I said that, I was like, okay, they're going back to Skystead. Of course, he'll stop by his yeah, family. Because I actually think we discussed it, but when we were in the moment, I was I was like really in Mo's headspace, and I was like. No, no, no. He he can't go back in. The gold he's giving them wasn't gold he earned. Yeah. The gold he earned, he foolishly spent it on rings. And wow. so he hasn't changed. Yeah. So well, that's it, that's why I was just at the door and it's like he can't, he can't open the door. He can't do it. And I'm sure Mo was feeling horribly humiliated by the whole turn of events with Sensei Horace. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean that seems obvious, but you know, maybe you felt a lot of felt a lot of shame. Oh, yeah. Didn't want to have to explain that to his family in that moment. Right. That actually, it brings up a good question um, from our greater goddess of healing. She wants to know, um, has Mo's life path, like his overarching mission, so to speak, changed since finding out that his sensei wasn't who he claimed to be? I mean, I think the obvious answer to that is yes, but maybe the more nuanced answer is how? That's that's interesting. He... um yeah, it's definitely like his whole worldview was shattered in that moment. I mean, he had a path set for him mm-hmm. and it was supposed to change everything for him. And again, he made the wrong decision. I mean, if I remember right, I don't even think his family wanted. Well, they wanted him to go, but I don't think they did. They wanted him to get out of the house, basically, and get <laughs> life experiences. But he got swindled and, you know, just pissed their whole life savings away. So I think he's still in a follower mindset, but. This time, I think he can really trust the people he's with, and I think he just wants to be able to come home and not be a failure, and I'm pretty sure, spoilers for anyone who's not caught up, the fact that he died again, it's not really good in his head for him right now, Mm -hmm. because he still just cannot survive by himself. Is that, would you say then that's the ultimate goal for Mo is to be able to stand on his own two feet and not have to rely on other people then to, to 
bail him out. Yeah, I think that's at least his immediate goal. But yeah. I'm hoping he gets some bigger bigger pictures yeah. going on in his life. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Um, okay, so on the subject of change... I actually have a question from me. This is for Aaron. Uh, we've seen Finian change into all sorts of things. Um, raven, crocodile, cat, or fox. <laughs> Arctic cat, fox thing. We definitely know the difference. Um, okay, so this is a two-part question. Part one, which animal would you, mo- would you most like to have Finian change into? Dang, I don't know. Um... Can I tell you my animal I want him yes. to change into the most? Sure. Absolutely. I want him to change into an elk so he has antlers on his Shh, antlers. No, no. Oh, you jerk. Oh, you're such a jerk. I hate you. No, I'm just kidding. That was the second part of my question. Yeah. If you changed, we'll, we'll, have, we'll have Aaron confirm it. If you changed into a creature with antlers like a deer... Would you have one or two sets of antlers? But the first so, part of the question still stands. All right. I'll come back to the first part of the question. <clears throat> so I don't think that Finian has to have antlers. But I think Uh-oh. he's a little bit arrogant, a little bit of hubris. <laughs> um, so he just chooses to keep the little antlers. And you, you notice they're not like full-sized antlers <laughs> on a mouse, right, or a rat or whatever he was. They're little tiny things. So it's sort of like a, ha-ha, look at me. I'm special and I can keep uh, part that of That answer actually scares me because that means any animal at any moment could just be a druid. Oh, I don't ah, like right. that at all. I don't like that at what, all. Where I is Derrigus half the time, guys? <laughs> <laughs> hey, wait a minute. Yeah, you asked about SOs. <laughs> okay, no, no, I am cutting this off right now. <laughs> no. He's an elven princess. So... <laughs> One or two sets of antlers, Aaron. Viewers and listeners want to know. <laughs> well, I think for for all intents and purposes, there would be two sets of antlers. The regular <laughs> antlers and then the ones that are kind of moldy looking. Off of the first set? Yeah, I think it would grow off. I think they would grow off the first that set. That's like It's like a terrible spork. Yeah. antlers yeah. with little... You know, moldy antlers or mushroom antlers. Like parasitic antlers? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah this definitely feels like some like Howl's Moving Castle type shit. <laughs> yeah, it would be an unusual look. Yeah. Uh, huh. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then back to the, uh, you know, favorite um, creature. Well, or a creature know, that from, like he would most want to <clears throat> transform into. Not necessarily a favorite. Well, I really think he enjoyed being the crocodile really got to kind of explore like that kind of life and death thing that he's so interested in. His crocodiles are basically, let's face it, they're basically eating machines. Yeah. Uh, Well-evolved eating machines. So probably something like that. But he's from Noctara, which is dark. So I don't know what kinds of creatures would exist there, but they're probably, they probably use other senses than sight, or if not, they have like a dark vision type of capability. So I don't know. Greg has always said that he thinks that Finian is like the villain and was born in Mal- <laughs> like was reborn in Malice for yeah. a reason. So you saying that you just want to be a killing eating machine yeah. is paying that credence. Yeah, yeah, it's not an accident you ended up in Malice, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> what are you saying? That's actually a really good transition. I have a question no, from No, I gotta argue Finian is a nice guy. What are you talking about? Ask that fish that you only dabbles with death. Come on. This is such a good Thank you. This really helps me springboard into my next question. From our greater god of chaos, this is for Greg. Um, in chapter 16, Bad Apples, JR talks to Finian about um, how when he wild-shaped into a crocodile, um, and he asked if he was afraid to lose himself in the process of transforming um, or even staying in that shape forever. So um, our god of chaos wants to know, was JR having thoughts like about his own transformation process of being more dragon-like? And is he afraid of possibly getting lost in the process? He also has a theory, which I'll read when you're done answering. That's a great question. Mm. Isn't it so Yeah, good? I gotta think about not too much spoilers. <laughs> uh, I'd say, yeah, he was... By the way, he was asking... The tone was kind of asking for himself. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I guess it was a genuine, like, hey, do you ever fear that? Because I think... JR in that moment also feared that, so he was kind of projecting onto Finney and his own fears. It definitely felt that way, yeah. Yeah. He has a theory um, about JR. He thinks that JR's obsession with gold, I, I thought this was brilliant, that JR's obsession with gold is part of the dragon sickness from his draconic patron. 
Yeah, I mean, that's not, that's not really a spoiler, right? I think that's, that's definitely that's, what I was going for. Yeah. He, seems to go yeah. with the territory. Yeah. When yeah. he yeah. asked that, I had this moment of, oh, shit, that yep. makes so much sense. Like, brilliant. Really brilliant. Yeah, I think I thought of the idea long, like, before episode three. And I was like, oh, he's going to be obsessed with gold because dragons <laughs> love gold. Mm-hmm. I love that. It. Did, I feel kind of stupid that I didn't connect that. Um, I think that's so cool. And it also relates to his class later on. There's some features that I'm excited so that excited. hopefully when they come up, it'll relate to that, too. Yeah. So. Very cool. I am so excited to see everyone's arcs. Like, I, you guys have no idea. It's going to be so cool. Um, okay, so this question is actually from me. Uh, from me. For Nolan, speaking of theories, um, you're our big conspiracy guy. <laughs> um, so what I want to know is, what were some of the wildest conspiracies you had during the first and second arcs, and how many of them were even remotely accurate? And if you need time oh, to think wow. that through, I know I kind of sprung that on you, so like what if you need some question. time, let me know, we can come okay. back to you. I might have to default to Joey, because like I'll kind of explain the process of what happens. I'll just be at work or doing something, and then pieces <laughs> of the storyline will just like like it's like they just like match and then I just messaged Joey out of the blue I hate it <laughs> <laughs> and and then I can I can usually tell if the response is slightly hostile I guess they're right and if it's very hostile <laughs> either I'm way off or I got it dead on it's like stop thinking so much <laughs> yeah. So Joey, um, do you remember then like any theories he had that were either and you can brag for him too, like if any were spot on, you can tell us. But like were there any where you were like, you idiot? <laughs> no. Oh man. I, off the top of my head, I can't think of any. I can think of all of them in our previous campaign. You've been really respectful this campaign. Yeah. Uh, really? And I, well, no. <laughs> <laughs> Specifically with that, I feel like he's been a lot more restrained with connecting well, the dots. Because I did learn I learned that like I, I can also guess like players stuff. And then I accidentally ruined that for someone once, and I felt so bad about it that I just try and keep them inside. <laughs> I know that feeling. Yeah. You're like the consulting detective of Joey's campaigns. I really want to play a detective at one point. <laughs> you should. That, that would, would be, be fun. That would be yeah. real. You know what? That would be so cool, because then you could kind of metagame without metagaming and be like, oh, this is what I think is going to happen. Oh, <laughs> I, wait, I remember a really dumb one. Oh, tell us. Tell us. <laughs> yeah. This is so stupid, but he heard Prince Morath's name, that he's oh, yeah. he's the Prince of Belior, <laughs> and he caught the joke before I made it, that he's the the fresh Prince, Prince of, of Belior. Yeah, because I, I, yeah, I just randomly messaged yep. him one day, I was like, I was like, hey man, I don't know if you thought about this, but... Like when when um, the prince tells us his story, he should do it in the Fresh Prince's format. And then Joey's like, "You keep that to yourself." Yeah. <laughs> um, our patrons would like us to actually turn that into a song. Okay. So <laughs> uh, one more thought on that. Yeah. I think Greg actually knows who the big bad is. Ooh. I I don't know, and Greg's looking at me confused. Greg said something months ago that makes me think he he has been picking up on the hints I've been or, leaving. Or at the very least, he did at that time. He ha- yeah, so I don't know if you have... It. Don't I, say I anything. I think I know what you're talking about. Okay. I can mention a fan theory I had. I think I told you. Hopefully it's not that. No, 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 no. It's already It was already debunked by oh, okay. now. If you haven't caught up, uh, spoilers for the, like, the most recent ones. But I think Soul Render, I knew was a person at one point mm, and then yeah. i thought it was walker because you said it was oh interesting oh yeah yeah so yeah. render and walker very different because I, I thought that and then i realized the time <laughs> didn't add up so yeah but that was a fan theory i had at one point i love that i i think as we get farther along in the um in the story overall story i think we should have like a conspiracy channel and like whoever why are you looking at me like that, Joe? Sorry, just, that was actually something Nolan recommended months oh, ago. Okay, so I think we should do that, um, and maybe Joey should be muted from it so it doesn't just <laughs> yeah, ruin Yeah, I, I yeah. won't be able to see it. I mean, um, just to be clear, we all know that the big bad is gonk. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Gunk murder everyone. Gunk might be one of my favorite side characters of all time. Like uh, I, every time you talk I'm in Gunk's glad. voice, like I lose it. In our last episode, where you know Tana's supposed to be sleeping, I'm over here like 
everything Gonk <laughs> says is adorable. Anyway, Joey, this question is actually from me to you, so good timing. Mm-hmm. Um, the role of Kythar is so, so multifaceted and layered and complex, uh, which to me is the mark of a great writer, a great creator. Um, how did you come up with the world? Did you have any influences or did it all just come from that noggin of yours? Uh, some time ago, I had the idea that it would be really awesome if there was a D&D setting where you could physically walk to the afterlife. Uh, and so it started with that idea and then it's like, okay, well, if the afterlife is a physical place, what would that look like? And then I thought, oh, it could be tidally locked. So one side is always night, the other is day. Yeah. And then it just kind of evolved from that. It's it's awesome. I there are times in the campaign where like I really just want to stop and be like, guys, did you just see what Joey did? Like, but if I did that, then we would never get anywhere in our campaigns. Would be <laughs> yeah, many hours I, long. The, the only thing is, I have a problem with l- building lore. The problem is, is I overdo it. Yeah. And so we spent two months, I think, uh, preparing for the podcast, and I spent hours every day just writing lore and history so this is actually a brilliant segue into my next question for you um this is literally what i wrote like so many brilliant and long-suffering dms (laughs) (laughs) uh you've constructed a rich and complex world filled with nuance and surprises and lore that we've probably steamrolled right past (laughs) like the bubbling idiots we are right um what was one thing that didn't get to happen that you were really disappointed about? And this is a two-part question. On the flip side, were there any unplanned situations that just completely threw you for a loop? So wow. you can okay. answer the first one, like something that didn't happen that you were hoping that would. first one, ask me again when we do the final short rest for the campaign. Uh, um, can someone make a yeah. note for me? Because I will forget. Uh, one of our listeners, make a note, please. Because <laughs> if something didn't happen when I thought it would, it can always happen later. So I don't want to talk True. too much about oh, those yeah, sorts sure. of things. Um, and I'm sure I'll have a better answer by the end. Totally. Anyway. I was going to make the comment that one of the challenges in doing a podcast for a D&D series like this uh, campaign is... Um, that we can't stop and smell the roses as much as we yeah. might in a regular yeah. session. Yeah. We, we don't do four hour long sessions, but a lot of D and D campaigns, you could sit for four hours at the table and the characters might be sniffing around in the bushes trying to figure out what's going on. We can't do that. That is we'll such just, a great point yeah. that you guys can't, you don't have the time to dig into things. Like and, that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That is absolutely true. I've gotten a lot of exasperated looks from Joey over the years because of that. Because half the time, I'll ask random off-the-wall questions like, what color's the dirt? And Joey's like, what the fuck does that matter? And yeah. meanwhile, it's core to like some plot I'm coming up with. But I've had to definitely tone that down a lot. <laughs> Mostly for Joey's see, sake. But. but you know what? At the same time, like I have yet to see. We all ask like random dumb questions all the time. And... I don't think Joey's tripped up once. In fact, some questions have been asked that were like so minute and I'm sitting back here leaning my chair like, no, he doesn't have an answer for this. And he's like, oh yes, I thought of that. (laughs) And a British accent too. That's that's part of the advantage of being, uh, having a problem with writing a book. <laughs> it's, it's like I said, if you ever wanted to sit down and write a book series, you you totally could. Well, um, also, I've been beaten into submission by Sarek, yeah. like he said, so I'm prepared for these weird-ass <laughs> questions. <laughs> so then, okay, so we'll get to the second part of the question then that you can't answer. What was an unplanned situation that just threw you for a loop? And I actually think I know one uh, or two. I answers. have a few. Yeah, the first us. one, of course, is Soul Render. Yeah. Yeah. It was supposed to be there for an episode, and that's it. And then suddenly it became like a whole big part of JR's arc and we maybe haven't even seen the last of Soul Render. Yeah. It almost and broke the party too. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I was worried we were going to shatter there and that would be yeah, the like end of the podcast. Yeah. jail cell we're all like, you know, yeah. When you just shit in front of us <laughs> <laughs> you know, and everything. Oh, I was like, what's well, the most evil thing I can do right well, here? you hit the nail on right the head. Right in the middle of a conversation, <laughs> yeah. just drop drop. I was like, yeah, he's he's on the toilet when you all wake up. Ah, <laughs> there's the dump we were talking about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Full circle. Uh, I, I have an answer for the most recent arc, but this is just parts one and two, so I won't. I think you all know. But uh, the other big one is basically anytime Tana does anything, uh, it, <laughs> it throws me for a loop, especially when, when, her, when she triggers... Um, 
Yeah, for wild magic. Yeah, yeah. Tides, wild of magic. Yeah. Tides of chaos. chaos. Yeah, where there was an episode in the first arc where she turned yep. a finger into a giant, and then suddenly yep. it was like, oh, okay, I need to end this episode because I don't know where to go. I remember that so clearly after the episode. I was like, Joey, oh my gosh, that was amazing. What um, what were you hoping that I would do with that monster? You're like, he wasn't supposed to be there. It was awesome. Like that. Yeah, Tana yeah. is chaos, and when I play her, I try not to do what Rachel would do which is usually a little bit more thoughtful and logical I try and do hmm what feels chaotic in this moment which uh, it makes her feel good I have a question for you oh, yeah. from Ricky oh, yeah? uh, that he asked me to ask you so you couldn't prepare oh nice. uh, so my qu- I'm quoting him so my question is for when Tana broke reality she surged with powers and then she was faced with doing fire magic or die so she decided to roll odd or even. <laughs> what would have happened if she rolled even and died? I would have died. Okay. I was willing to stand by that. And even as I was doing it, I was kind of like in a like drunk with chaos mode. Like me and Tana were very much like on the same insane level. And as I'm saying, like, have you ever gotten in a fight with somebody where your mouth is going and somewhere in the back of your head, you're like, don't say that. Don't say that. What are you doing? Oh my God, take that. But you can't. Mm -hmm. Right. So as I'm saying that, I'm like, if I die, I will die. And I, I, I was like, I'm a fucking idiot, but I will stand by it. My, I guess I have the other half of the answer, which is it was out of my hands. Like if you died, you died. Me too. That was it. So uh, yeah. And there was no bringing, you, back right, right, because like, you were in a really sick. weird situation. I yeah. mean, like, yeah. she would have died. You were all Trying running from Ong yeah. Dune. Like, mm-hmm. you, yeah. that yeah. would have been it. Yeah, I think, um, I think Tana is sort of like an alcoholic in, like, a room full of whiskey all the time. And the whiskey, or in this case, chaos, is always pulling to her, always speaking to her, always begging her to tap into it. And so when she finally does, she can't stop. That sounds exhausting. It's exhausting, right? And I think it's part of the reason why she did sound very snippy and will continue to probably sound snippy at times. And I think, you know, no, no spoilers. I, this isn't even something that we're planning, but I just know, given Tana's proclivity to chaos, that there will come a time when she's just completely lost. And I don't know what's going to happen. Chaos. Chaos. Yeah. Yeah. New character for Rachel. <laughs> yeah, maybe. maybe for the rest of us, too. If we're <laughs> um, there I'm was super... definitely that hesitation when I went up to go club her to knock her out and knock her out of this. Mm-hmm. But there was definitely that moment, though, at the table where we're like, wait a minute. If I knock her out, she won't die because she can't make the choice. And yeah. so it worked out. But I was hesitant for a second because I was like, I might be getting us both killed right here. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Right. I think there will come more times in the future where you will have to, you, anyone here will have to intervene. Otherwise, Tana, I mean, she's just going to be so far into it that like I, Rachel, will not be able to help her. And that makes me really sad because I love Tana so much. So (laughs) help a girl out, put a cork on the barrel. Um, I, I'm I'm really sad because we're coming to the last two questions. Um, One is for Joey and then one is for the whole table. Um... Joey, and if you can't answer this, if it's a spoiler or whatever, um, it's totally fine. But um, our greater god of chaos wanted to know what the secret is behind the number 10. And he pointed out we've got 10 demigods, we've got 10 races, we've got 10 paths in Noctar. Is that something that you're... Yeah, so Gonk has a really interesting theory about this. (laughs) Oh, love, I'm all for it. Uh, But I can't answer for him. He's still working through the math. Um, so, <laughs> he's so wise he's 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 brilliant he's so brilliant um so all i will say about that is uh you'll find out i'm so excited i'm really excited um okay well then that brings us to our very last question which is from our god of victory it's for the whole crew especially for me he said so i thought that was interesting um what made you start playing D? And why? Oh, right. This is Ooh. your first campaign. Yeah, so. it's my first yeah. campaign. I, I guess then I'll, I'll answer first, um, since Vicky wanted to know. Um, kind of a two-part answer. My my brother, Joey, the DM is my brother. Spoiler <laughs> alert for those of you who don't know yet. Um, and for as long as I can remember, he has just talked about D&D. This has been such a huge part. Right. This is such a huge Massive, part of your yeah. life. And so 
it, you know, we would get together at like family gatherings. So I'd be like, hey, Jerry, what's up? And a lot of times he would just be like, oh, you know, not much. And I'm thinking to myself, like, how do I start to get my little brother better? Like, I actually had this thought process of like, how do I get to know you better? Because I just couldn't seem to write the, ask the right questions. So I started asking, how is D&D going? <laughs> wow. And, wow. And I don't think you even realized, Joey, no, but, but it was no. conscientious. And Joey would just light up. And then I couldn't get him to stop talking, which is what I wanted, right? And I felt like I was getting to know my brother in a way I've never known him before. At the same time, I was like, this sounds cool. And I was like, hey, can I attend? He was like, no, absolutely not. <laughs> he was like, D&D is sacred. I was like, I'll, I will literally sit there and not say anything. And he was like, yeah, absolutely not. No, no. And I was like, no, I, I'll sit up. No. So he kept telling me, no, 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 no. But at the same time, I got to help him a little bit with the last campaign that he did, like, secretly. Yeah, you monster. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, and it, it, it just, it was so much fun. So when Joey came up to me and said, I have an idea, and I want you to be a part of it, I was like, yeah, little brother, whatever you want. He was like, I want you to be on a D&D podcast with me. And I was like, sign me the fuck <laughs> up. And, and it's been so much fun. And you every minute of it? No! I get to see my brother every week and all of our doofy friends. And it's just, it's added so much enrichment to my life. I love it. I love you idiots. So that's my long winded answer. Thanks. I think <laughs> let's, uh, let's just go around the table. We'll start with no, uh, no, we'll start with no, no one. I've actually been called that before. So that's all good. And, no uh, and Mo, That's where it came from. Not and we'll, really. we'll end with Joey, our DM. That seems Great. like a good cool. place. Well, all right, listen, I'm going to have to have all of you guys not judge me. Okay. So oh, I was yeah. never really into fantasy stuff. Right. So I knew Joey in high school. And, well, you know, we were cordial, but, like, I wouldn't say we were no, friends. I don't even know that we were acquaintances, necessarily. I knew you, because yeah, I we, knew... we knew each other. Yeah, but, like, I wouldn't say we were friends. I never knew him, really. And I was, oh, big jock guy. I would go play, you know, <laughs> play the sports, and it's like, ah, oh, dude, fantasy is dumb, blah, blah, blah. Hey, I, hey, no, that's no, no, a little no. too I, much. That's a little too I much, I agree, dude. I agree. But I didn't, I was never, like, open to it. And then I graduated high school... And Joey kind of ended up like in our friend group mm -hmm. and it actually wasn't even through D&D. &D, it was through magic. And yeah. that's what really opened my eyes to like fantasy. And I was like, wait, this is actually like really fun. <laughs> and ever since then, it's just like I dove all in. It's just great. Right. So we had a mutual, a mutual friend who said, Joey, we've never played D&D &D before. Will you DM for us? Huh. And so I believe that was your first campaign. Right? That was. Yep. Yeah. Wow. That's really cool. Did you did you go in swinging? Like, did you go in having fun, or did it take oh, yeah, you a while? Oh, oh yeah. So, like, I remember the first time we ever played Magic, I was, like, making jokes. Like, oh, no, you're going to attack my spider. And I was like, <laughs> but in my head, I was like, oh, my God, this is actually really fun. <laughs> <laughs> and then it just, and then, yeah, I kind of just let the floodgates open, and I'm happy. I'm glad I never looked back. It's incredible. We're happy, too. Greg, what about you? Uh, I had heard about it a lot um, through high school and then kind of after I graduated and just never knew anyone who played, actually. And then Joey said he was running a campaign. And I was always interested because it was, it was like you could be whatever you want, like actually be in a kind of a Lord of the Rings or a book or mm -hmm. something like that. True. And it, yeah, it was super fun. And we've been playing for years ever oh, yeah. since. Yeah, probably no, one of my favorite years. activities yeah. now. Past How long times. have you been playing it? Ah, uh, 2013, so 10 years now. Wow. Wow. Yeah, 10 years. That's amazing. Right on. Um, yeah, so I, I played in some Dungeons & Dragons campaigns like more than 15 years ago. Uh, and at the time, I found some of the people I played with uh, approached the game more like they were attorneys uh, <laughs> oh, no. than gamers, and it was kind of dreadful, actually. You know, you'd have a four-hour session that would become a six-hour session because there was some argument about some arcane rule. Yep. Um, so, you know, and, and I, I stuck with it for a while, but then kind of fell out of that. Didn't really want to participate Shocking. past that point. But um, uh, it, spoiler alert, Rachel and I, we are married to one another. 
my lovely wife. What? <laughs> oh my God! Crazy, Joey. Did you know? We've, about never, this? We've, never, we've never outwardly said that. You guys just That's come right. over and we live in the same house. <laughs> We're just roommates who just barely speak to each other. Yeah, One of my fan theories checks out. Yeah. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Uh, and um, and actually, I had uh, I had sat in uh, in one of Joey's. Uh, I guess it was sort of like a mini campaign. Yeah, it was just like a short five episode thing. Right, like a little arc. And I really liked how he ran his little story there. And like it just felt very fluid and enjoyable. He could kind of stay in the role and not worry so much about the role. Right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. Um, and so that was cool. And then, you know, when, when Joey was talking about it in this podcast, like, yeah, I'm totally in. That'll be great. I'll play a druid. <laughs> I think that is almost verbatim what you said when yeah, I asked you. Like, yeah, I'll play a druid. As long as I can play a druid. Yeah. yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> so, um, I mean, I guess it was early high school. It didn't really become super common until college. So 2007, 2008, I want to say, is when I first started. But that's not really the interesting part in my case. Um, for a long time there, D&D was kind of boring and tedious because we didn't have a great DM. We didn't have a great group. And yes, it was absolutely worth doing, but it was more about the dungeon delving and the rules rather than the um, RP and the character growth and things like that. And so I didn't really get into it until um, I think Joey's first campaign because things started, momentum started shifting, things started happening. We started realizing, no, yeah, this is, or this is a combat game, sure, but more importantly, uh, this is a role-playing game. And I started to realized that it D&D was a great time to take like different parts of your persona or pieces that you've never explored and really build them into a character and try exploring it and see where it goes. And of course it's going to go off the rails, but that's part of the fun <laughs> part. And you know, for a while there, D&D was kind of the, uh, kind of the only thing that kept me going for maybe five, six years there. Wow. It's weird to think that um, most, most weeks were just miserable and D&D was kind of the only time that, was special and was worth living for. So yeah, D and D straight up saved my life. So you're making uh, me tear up over yeah, here. Did too. someone pay you guys off to butter me <laughs> up? What is this? Yeah. Uh, We're on to you dungeon master. Uh, so the story does not start with me, even though it, you guys make it sound like it does. Uh, back between back in my freshman year of college, I met this guy uh, named Sarek who was like, hey, do you want to try D&D? Um, I have this idea. We're just going to do like a, a little mini episode. It'll be fun. And I obviously knew about D&D, but had never played it. And so I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? Um, and that was it. Like, I walked away from that thinking, oh, my God. <laughs> I need to share this with the world. <laughs> this was Joey's jam. That yeah, yeah, and then and then it was only like a month after that. I think Nolan and our our mutual friend was like, "Hey, let's do a, a campaign," and I was like, "You know what? Fuck yeah! Like, let's do this." And then we just wow. never stopped. Did I even know that? Yeah, it wow. was it was that huh. was the first campaign I had ever ran. I um, would not have guessed that. Wow. Wait, wait, wait! You went from the like intro session thing yes. that I did yes, that we called the dreamscape and it was my attempt to make combat more interesting and fun and there were no rules it was all theater of the mind you went from theater of the mind 100% to DMing yeah so <laughs> not crap. only that but I wrote a rule set because at the time 5th edition didn't exist oh yeah um, this was 4E four, four e and 4E was a bit of a mess um, uh -huh. but I didn't want to introduce them to 3-5 which was very good, but very complicated. So I wrote my own like mini 3.5. Uh, yeah, I got really into it, obviously. <laughs> and here we are, ten years later, wow. running a podcast. So I like D and D. Okay. <laughs> Dare we say you might love D and D? Oh, I would say that. Yeah, yeah. I would I marry so. Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so Don't I, tell my fiance. <laughs> I think she knows. Yeah. She knows. I think the common thread then is that I mean D and D is something that you look forward to all week. It's something that makes your life better than it was before. For some of us, it's not just a game. For some of us, it is like either a lifeline or just that thing that we look forward to the other six days of the week. Um, yeah. So we're so lucky 
because I think that's the other part too is it's all about the party and it's all about the DM and it's all about that camaraderie that you build. So we're so lucky, I think, that we have found that. And I think we're also so lucky that we have that in our Discord group as well, where yeah. we have uh, the, the Discord best group patrons. Has that, has blown me away. It's been it's been wonderful, yeah. better than we ever could have hoped for. So, um, you guys, we were so happy to put this on for you. We had such a good time. You can absolutely look forward to this happening after the end of every arc. We will keep taking your questions, yep. no matter how crazy <laughs> or chaotic they are. And we just want to thank you so much again for for being our listeners. You guys. You mean the world to us. And I want to give a special thank you to Gary Gygax. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we would not be sitting here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, we hope you guys have a great day or evening ahead, and uh, we look forward to talking to you uh, next episode. You Take guys care. ready to record See you our nerd. episode? Yeah. 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 Yeah